the most magical things happen when you step up and are brave and your life expands in proportion to your courage. Mm. And I think that's a beautiful way to step into getting to know someone. Yeah. This is the Alchemized Life Podcast, and I am your host, Ava Johanna. Transformational mentor, speaker, teacher, and most importantly, a woman on a mission to bring wellness to the world. This podcast was created to bridge the gap for anyone craving more love, health, and happiness in each and every day. And with every episode, you will receive practical guidance to create magic in your own life. Combining the expertise of wellness visionaries and thought leaders, each week we will bring it back to basics and provide you with the tools meant to empower you to thrive emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So together, let's ditch the mean girl, you can't sit with us vibes, grab your favorite yoga pants, and start to find your uniquely alchemized life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Alchemized Life podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, my name is Ava and I am just so grateful to have you here on this journey with me, really finding our uniquely alchemized life. I am currently in Esperance, Australia. It's in Western Australia. So I've done over the past week, basically a tour of all of the Southwest of Australia and their beaches. I like to think of myself as the world's greatest beach critic um, because I have been driving over the past week just through all the different little towns of Western Australia and absolutely loving what I've found along the way. And initially when I was driving down and when I landed in Perth, because that's where I uh, stopped first, I was really detached, I guess, from my intention for traveling. Initially, I was supposed to go to Bali. For those of you that um, haven't already heard this story, I was supposed to go to Bali and that fell through because of some passport issues. So I ended up coming to Perth instead, knowing that I wanted to do a road trip through all of the Southwest Australia. It's end of summer here and beautiful and warm and the beaches are absolutely incredible. But initially I really wanted to do this trip because I wanted time and space to be able to create and really tune back into this divine feminine energy that I accessed when I was in Costa Rica back in November. It's challenging doing it in the city. And I think my work here now is how can I bring this energy back to Los Angeles and my everyday life, even when I'm not in a bikini on the beach. But anyways, that was my initial intention was to really like cultivate that divine feminine energy. And I was a little disappointed because the first few days while I was in the city, I didn't fully experience it. I kind of had this like weird almost like tug of war and disappointment and excitement between I was bummed that I wasn't in Bali, but I was excited that I was about to start my road trip and also a little frenetic just because I'm not a city girl whatsoever. And being in cities can be a little intimidating for me, especially when there are homeless people sucking down cans of whippets or whatever. I think they're called nangs here. That's what my friend told me, nangs. And grabbing their ball sack while I'm just standing trying to get my food. That was so fun. But yeah, I know. Great, great visualization, right? Um, So yeah, so that kind of energy, not super into it. I'm more of a let's go to the beach type of girl and hang out and be in the sand and the sun. And I was starting to just kind of get down at the beginning of my trip and 
It's been a week now since I landed in Perth and have hit the road on my road trip. And I'm at my final destination, which is Esperance. And I have just experienced so much awakening over the past few days. So first things first, I've been meditating every single day for 30 minutes or longer, which is not my typical practice. Usually I meditate for 10 to 15 minutes max. And I really wanted to sit down and deepen my practice, knowing that in deepening it and sitting down for a longer time that I would access more more connection to divine and more connection to my highest self and a conversation with God ultimately. And I've never really been a religious person, but for me, God is the universe. God is in everything, whether it be the waves or the wind or the trees or the bees. Actually, this morning when I sat down to meditate, I had this really beautiful meditation practice. And at the end of my meditation, I literally could see myself as a newborn being held in my mother's arms. It was insane, like truly insane. So just awe-inspiring. And then the moment that I opened my eyes, this fucking bee started aggressively attacking me in my space. And I don't know what the universe was trying to teach me there, but I definitely lost all of my chill. Yeah, it was it was not that fun. <laughs> but the reason why I'm sharing all of this is because it just really opened my eyes to all of the limitations and the boundaries that we put on ourselves to conform and to mold ourselves into this pretty little picture of what society wants us to be as women. And I've just experienced that breaking from that mold is not only empowering, but just allows you to find independence in every single area of your life and to really not only be a light for other people, but like a fire as well, a fire for yourself, a fire for those around you to inspire yourself and others that there is a better way of living. That doesn't mean that you have to go by what everyone else is doing. And I share this because in today's episode with Miss Carly Ryan, aka Carly Cakes, we talk a lot about sensuality, sexuality, and femininity and really reclaiming that power. And it's actually the perfect time for this episode to come out even though we recorded just a couple of weeks ago, but the perfect time for this episode to come out because I'm just experiencing so much shedding of the ideas of success and what life should look like. And I want to share it with all of you. I want to share these tools and this openness and closeness to divine with all of you because I know that when we do experience it, we get to not only shatter the glass ceiling of what's possible for our income and our impact, but shatter the whole damn glass house and really create a life that is purposeful and passionate and explorative and exciting, not on anyone else's terms, but on our terms. And I met this guy in town the other day who I think he was like an inventory manager or something like that, something that did not sound like it would light my soul on fire whatsoever. And when I asked him what he saw himself doing that would like really excite him if money wasn't an object, he said that he would love to be a diver and um, do reef conservation. And I asked him, well, why don't you do something like that? And he just shared, you know, that he, his mom was a 
one of the first women to really break through the gas and oil industry and be like at a sea level. And he feels like because she's done that, he has to do this now for himself. And it pained me so much. And I just realized so many people have this, almost like this path that's drawn out for them, either based on what they unconsciously think they should do or what their parents have very consciously told them to do. And it just doesn't allow us to be in our fullest expression. It doesn't allow us to be in our greatest expression. And I just, it hurts my heart to know that there's so many people that just allow the shoulds and the fear and the self-doubt to guide your life. And I don't think that it should be like that. I think that we have such a beautiful opportunity in this time. Like we are literally in the age of information to be able to create whatever we want. And the only thing that's standing in the way between you and traveling the world or you and launching your business or you and going back to school, whatever it might be that you really want to do, the only thing that's standing in the way is your fear. It's your fear and your disbelief that you could actually make it happen. It is the, who am I to? Well, why not you is what I want to ask. Why not you? Because I had all of those fears as well. I always ask that question, who am I to do this? Who am I to start a podcast? Who am I to start coaching people? Who am I, even when I was back in my corporate job, who am I to apply for this project manager position having no experience? But we have to claim it because no one else is going to claim it for you. And so if you want a wildly vibrant life where not only your income, but your impact is in alignment with what brings you passion and again, shatters the whole damn glass house, you have to be the one to claim that. No one else can do it for you. And I'm so excited to be integrating this into all of my work. And initially I was scared when all of these thoughts came up. I was scared that I had to rewrite the whole damn book and find a different path. But ultimately, I know now that the work that I am here to do, the women that I am meant to serve is the woman who is unapologetically going to claim all of her desires and is ready and willing to be supported and guided into stepping into that next level, into breaking the rules, into setting her soul on fire, into knowing that the truth is that we are all sparks of divinity and we can really use that connection to divine, that connection to our highest self to fuel every single area of our life from our relationships to our relationship to ourself, to our careers, everything. But it starts with you, boo. It starts with you. Okay. So I'm going to go run to these cute little shops in town. But before I hop off, For those of you who have yet to apply for my accelerator program, girl, come on now. If what I've shared with you today has resonated at all, know that I'm going to be teaching all of this within the 10 weeks of the course. You can find the application link in the show notes. Otherwise, I hope that you really enjoy this episode. Carly is fucking incredible. I love this conversation so much. You should go follow her at Carly Cakes. I'm going to include that in the show notes as well. And of course, if you love this episode, make sure to either leave us a five-star review or post it up on your Instagram stories, tagging the podcast and letting me know what was your biggest takeaway. I love you guys all so much. Let's fucking set our souls on fire and do this damn thing because life is meant to be lived. So we should stop playing small and really just fucking go for it. (laughs) 
Carly Ryan. <gasps> Thank you so much for joining Yay! me. I'm so excited to be here with you, my love. So I knew about you long before you knew about me, I think. Because <laughs> you used to shoot with Mickey a lot. And yes. I was always like, wow, she's so cool. Um, but now I know that you're an intuitive healer and a modern intimacy coach. And I'm so excited to talk to you about all of these topics because I feel like when we do talk, we could just go on for hours mm-hmm. about like all of the nuances that come with dating, yes. what it means to like be spiritual and conscious dating. And like not only just like in the relationship, but also like for ourselves. And... Yeah, just like sex and intimacy too, because not a lot of people are out there talking about it, but it's such a good topic, you know? And it's one that I love as a Scorpio, as you know. As I know, I love my Scorpio babes. Um, As an Aries, that is something that we... I think it's just such a beautiful way to connect. And sex really is creative energy in the way in which we act and respond to and view sex as the way that we kind of connect with everything in our lives when we're open to it, when we trust it, when it's a way for us to become more intimate, not only with someone else, but with ourselves, we are able to bloom. It's like a catalyst for finding deeper parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But I think as a culture, and especially as a generation, we have lost this mindfulness with what it means to share that kind of sexual experience with someone and also how energetically important it is to be mindful on who you're allowing into your sacred space and then how to navigate afterwards Mm -hmm. and even prior and being vocal on what it is that you want, what feels good for you, not only in a physical sense, but also in a more intimate and deep sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yesterday I was like having all of these like traumatic sexual experiences flash before my eyes. Wow. And I imagine it's because we were going to have this conversation today (laughs) that that started happening. Interesting. And I think that as those things were coming up, I started feeling like a lot of guilt Mm. for the experiences and realizing, thank God, like I'm so happy that I'm like pretty conscious and aware that it's not my fault either to be put in those situations and to have had those experiences. And I think that initially the feelings that were coming up were a lot of like shame and guilt. Mm. And like, if someone knew that, what would they think about me? And then I realized that also like in a lot of those experiences, there was like alcohol or drugs are involved. And then in like recognition of that, I was like, whoa, I was actually like really taken advantage of and it's not me. Right. It's them. And so I think that we have like this bottling up of experiences from our past. And what I've found is that they, those experiences have also like really impacted my current experiences too. And you and I talked about this the last time that we were together, right. but I realized that like so much of my voice as a woman in the bedroom was diminished and virtually gone, right. especially in my current relationship um, because of those past experiences. So I'd love to start there as far as like how past experiences, whether they're traumatic or whether they're beautiful, can narrate our current experiences with our partners. Sure. And that's such a beautiful point. I just want to quickly touch on the idea of drugs and alcohol having a really a really significant um, relationship in our culture as far as 
when you have sex, usually for the first time, there is oftentimes Mm -hmm. that kind of buffer. And I think we have been taught that alcohol is actually an acceleration of intimacy. So you are kind of skating through what it actually means to build that trust or build that um, that physical banter with someone and you rush to this place. And it can even be a buffer for in a negative space as well. And I think having people be a little bit more mindful on on doing that in a more sober space, I think could also be really impactful and important and just safer for people, especially when you're a little bit younger and Mm -hmm. not really sure where your boundaries lie or you're kind of testing that out a little bit. But it is very interesting what you're saying about past relationships and how they're showing up in your present state. So we're in the conscious space, we're taught to be present. We're taught to let go of the past, know that it helped shape us and bring us to where it is now, where we are now. But sexually, it's stored within our body and that trauma can really be stuck within ourselves. Um, are you familiar with theta healing? Mm-mm, no. So theta healing goes back into your cells and essentially we hold on to trauma for the last seven generations. Wow. So not only are you holding on to the trauma that's happened in your lifetime, but then think about our mothers, our grandmothers, our great-grandmothers, so on. All of that trauma that has put shame into our DNA almost, that yeah. we feel shameful where things are when we're taken advantage of. Or I had an experience when I was in Sri Lanka that I was having a massage and the masseuse who was a male went to like go finger me and try to like lick my breast. And I had never experienced anything like that in my life. And I was shocked to observe that I felt so ashamed, even though I had done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. I felt massive shame. And what was interesting is that nothing in my lifetime would have taught me to feel shame. And yet that is what came pouring through my body. Mm-hmm. So seeing that it it sometimes isn't even our shame, but it is what we've been programmed to feel. And that makes us feel smaller. And it's a way that we've been able to be silenced. And women are, we are big and powerful and we are loud and we're vocal and we create worlds, we create life. And yet that has been taken away from us in a lot of ways. And we now are seeing that through the more we honor our inner sexuality, the more that we are able to step back into that power, which ultimately will bring balance to the masculine and feminine in all of us because we all have both of those. So my advice for having those past traumas popping up in your current relationships or your current state of being it doesn't have anything to do with your current partner. And it does have to do with a lot of your internal work and your internal letting go. And And forgiveness really is the biggest thing when mm. it comes to sexual shame and sexual trauma is forgiving yourself. Forgiveness of yourself and forgiveness of the other person will allow you to no longer be shackled to those past experiences. Yeah. And I feel like in those experiences too, if there is a lot of trauma there, that's not something that you have to do alone either and probably shouldn't do alone. Absolutely. I think doing a lot of energy work and energy healing with a healer is important to sh- to move those things from your body. Um, they're oftentimes stored in your root chakra, your sacral. They can also be in your heart chakra. It's all, and you're trying to protect yourself. That's essentially what you're trying to do. Yeah. You're trying to, as humans, we're we are programmed to survive. And I think that's where shame and shutting off and not wanting to be vocal or seen comes in is that we want to preserve what we feel like we lost. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I never really thought that I was someone that had bad sexual experiences because, you know, I, I had never been like raped or molested as a child or anything like that. But then when I started like actually like reflecting on the experiences that I had in my early 20s yeah. or like my late teens, I was like, wow, like these are things that actually really bruised me yeah. in ways that I think are more nuanced than, you know, I don't want to say like the obvious rape, but like there's they're more subtle they're much more subtle yeah. but they they're still like have yeah exactly yeah. but they still have like a really big impact on you you know my boyfriend before Corey was so abusive in the bedroom and out of the bedroom as well and it was at the it was to the point where I was so scared to use my voice mm. and um to bruise his ego or to make him in the wrong or to sure. share what I felt sure um would feel good for me and I just watched that carry on into my relationship with Corey. And I, I shared this with you last time, but I remember like we were having sex and I like wanted to use my voice and I like literally words could not come out. Oh, wow. So I'm sure there's people listening that can resonate with that or something along the lines of what we've already been sharing. So how do we start to do the work to like uncover the trauma? Is it necessary to like go back to the experiences themselves or is it more just like witnessing that it's there, observing that it's there and forgiving that past version of ourselves? Like what, what is the process that you work with your clients and then have done in your mm. own life too? So it really does depend. It's person to person. It really depends on how deeply visualizations can trigger you. Mm. Um, you oftentimes, if you do hypnosis, you can go back into the state and you can observe yourself. So you're actually observing what's happening and it's not happening to you. You're able then to see yourself more clearly and see that you didn't have anything to be shameful about. Um, hypnosis is a really beautiful tool to go back to the experience and heal those traumas. Um, talk there, even admitting it. I, I think oftentimes women have a hard time even admitting what has occurred to them. They don't want to feel, they don't want to relive it. So yeah. that is that is something to keep in mind. But by reliving it, you are giving voice to yourself. Mm -hmm. You are giving yourself permission again to step into, this does not feel right for me. And this is the boundary that I'm creating moving forward. Mm -hmm. So it's it's stepping out of victim mentality, which is also something that's been kind of programmed into our DNA as well. And for good reason. I mean, like we've been through immense traumas just as an entire gen gender for generations. So hypnosis is beautiful. Talk therapy is really beautiful. And then also creating a self-love routine. So reclaiming that within yourself without a partner. Mm -hmm. I think it's also essential to speak to your partner about it and sharing the traumas that you have experienced. It is case by case, but I find that it actually brings people closer together. Yeah. They're able to... There's a protection mechanism that will come out in your, in your partner to be more gentle and tender once they understand what it is that you've experienced. So that's actually a beautiful way to become closer with your partner. Um, but the self-love experience to reclaim what feels good for you and how to bring joy back into being pleasured and giving pleasure um, and being vocal for yourself. Like it's sometimes I find that people go to the 
kind of opposite end of the spectrum. If they're having a hard time vocalizing, they're going to go to the opposite side where they're screaming from the rooftops, like do it. It's <laughs> it's okay. You're going to find your authentic voice. You're going to find what feels good and how you're going to express yourself. But hypnosis is beautiful. Self-pleasure and self-care is a really beautiful way to reclaim that. Mm, I love that so much. And I feel like for me, it was starting to... Um think about things that like made me feel feminine and mm, sexy and beautiful yeah, again and empowered. Yeah. And so it was like putting body oil on Ooh. or like dressing feminine again and yes. not just like wearing my sweatpants and, <laughs> or, and like yoga sports bras and stuff, which totally. was fine too. But it was like, how can I be more feminine and like feel that within myself without even having to have anybody give me that external validation? Exactly. And, and stepping into that for you yeah. because it feels full and it feels vivacious. Like women are so powerful and so vivacious and so like we are just the wave in our bodies are made or just like the curves we're just so creative and so beautiful and we we forget we've like really forgotten so it's so special to step back into that and yeah. step into that feminine power yeah and I just want to like put a little pin in all of this like this is for healthy relationships. This is not if you have like a, a severely abusive or manipulative partner. This is if you have a partner that you trust and can like have these conversations with. And I think also these practices are for people, for anybody. But like if you do have like PTSD from experiences, finding yeah. a therapist um, and someone to support you through that trauma is also very important as well. Very much so. Yeah. Yes. 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 Just yes. want to. Yes. yes. And that pup agrees. And the pup. Um, so I'd love to talk about dating because I think that when we start to become aware of these patterns or, you know, the programs that we have been operating under, when we move into the dating space, it's like, okay, how do I not repeat these with my new partner? And one of the things that was really interesting for me from a conversation that I had with um, Marla, actually, and was, you know, like you, the things that are coming up in your current relationship are mirrors for the things that you need to work through. And you can work through it with him or you can work through it in your next relationship, but it's going to continue coming up. And so how do we approach that like within this modern dating space when like so many people aren't aware, so many people are operating from this like selfishness and just like this fast kind of like endorphin rush of like how easy it is to get a date, how easy it is to sleep with somebody. Like how do we kind of like bring it back to basics? Right. Yeah. No, I love that. Bringing it back to basics is such a beautiful way of putting it. So just collectively, the conscious collective is really stepping away from this idea of casual sex and casual dating because people are stepping deeper into who they are and what feels authentically alive for them. And getting to know someone in a romantic or sexual way is a portal into getting to know yourself more. Oh, because yes. Like you said, <laughs> it is such a beautiful mirror. But we, it's modern dating is kind of like being in a fun house. It's like all these mirrors that actually distort what you actually look like. And because there's so many of them, we were overstimulated, we're under-inspired, and we actually lose complete sight of what it is that what we're looking for and mm-hmm. who who we actually are. Um, and ultimately, we're looking for ourselves. And I think what's super interesting is with modern dating, I actually had someone say something like, you know, we have spent like, we've hung out like five times. Like that's usually when people have sex. And I just thought it was so interesting. Like, wow, this is, this is the gamut. That's like, Mm -hmm. there's a number on it that people are saying. 
And I think it's because people are actually afraid to be vulnerable. And there's a difference between being open and being vulnerable. I think the dating scene, because it is so easily accessible, especially with dating apps, everyone is so open. You can go on a first date. You can say whatever you want to this person. You can share about your grandma's 90th birthday party. You can share about the broken arm you had when you were two. And that's openness. And that can be read as like, connection or intimacy, Mm -hmm. but true vulnerability, which is actually the foundation of connection. Like think about some of your best girlfriends, like the way that you connect deeply Mm -hmm. is by sharing things that are deeply affecting you and being truly vulnerable. So vulnerability is, for example, your, your partner hasn't been very, or whoever it is that you're dating, say they say they are not taking out the trash and you don't want to say anything because you don't want to say that you don't want to seem like you're needy or that you're being a bitch. So, but by not saying like, hey, it would really mean a lot to me if you took out the trash. They One of two things happens. One, they, they say, I do everything around here. You can't do one thing. Like you're such a slob. Why can't you take out the trash? Or they're going to say, I see that's important to you. Like no problem. Yeah. So you're actually giving people an opportunity to show up authentically for you. And that vulnerability will bring, will kind of weed out people that that aren't interested in being there for a deeper connection. Mm. Um, but you have to be vulnerable with yourself first and foremost. Um, you have to vibrate with what it is that you love. Like if you love, I love The Hobbit and Harry Potter. And like, I remember back in the day, I wouldn't tell anyone about that. I was like, <laughs> I'm such a dork, but like I could shout that from the rooftops because it that is something that brings me joy. And there's like, someone in the world that also vibrates in that place as well. Um, I think there's a lot of someone's. <laughs> <laughs> all the Hollywood fans, all the Harry Potter fans. Um, but we just, we think we have to be a one size fits all. Yeah. And that's not what true intimacy or true vulnerability is about. Mm-hmm. So that's get, basics for me are intimacy and vulnerability. And those two things go hand in hand. And friendship. Yeah. I think creating friendship, doing things that, are active and outside and actually getting to know someone's character, the way that they show up for you and allowing people to show up for you and allowing yourself to show up authentically as well. Mm. I think, um, and being vocal about what it is that you're needing or wanting and saying like, Hey, it didn't feel great that you weren't super present today. And people are, they're either going to say you're needy or they're going to say, I'm really sorry about that. Yeah. Like I will work on that moving forward. And that just like kind of brings you closer together. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's so interesting. Well, two things popped up. The first is last night I was with my, I was at my mom's house and she was making a salad and she was like, Hey, why don't you make the dressing? And I was like, okay. And like got up and did it. And then afterwards she's like, see, it's not that hard to make the dressing. Like, it's easy. I'm like, I, I know. Like, are you saying that towards me? And she's like, she referred to her ex-boyfriend. Mm. And I was like, well, did you ever like ask him to yeah. make the dressing? And she's like, no, I didn't. And I was like, well, but there you go. Like, yeah. how how would he know that you wanted him to make the dressing? Right. How, you didn't allow him or create a space for him to show up for you. Exactly. Um, so that was interesting. And then the second thing that popped up for me, this idea of getting into different places And as I'm talking, I'm kind of like working through it in my mind. But I feel like because we have so much programming around dating Mm. and um, especially with the dating apps, the casual sex and just like the 
you know, media showing us what dating looks like. We see the going and get drinks, going to dinner, and we kind of like see the program of what it's supposed to look like. But then when we decide to kind of switch the narrative a little bit and start to do different things like going outside or doing something, I think on Monday, Corey and I are going to go take a parkour class at a gym, at a gymnastics place. And it's like, I feel like that is, like you said, is like, it's a really beautiful way to get to know somebody because you're breaking them out of those patterns and allowing them to show up in different ways than maybe they would have if they had just gone out to dinner and not to say to like completely get rid of dinner dates, but I feel like that's an interesting for anyone who's single and about to go on a date. That might be an interesting way to like, just see what happens instead and see if the dynamic is different. Go take a yoga class, go do like a breathing exercise, go do a cooking, like all these things allow you to see each other and see yourself and ultimately relationships, any relationship, romantic or platonic is all about growth and learning and finding new things about yourself, allowing someone else to grow. And I think the dating scene is so boxed in, like there's no growth. It's kind of like this power struggle. Like it's you, it's like, it's like playing chess. It's like checkmate. Like the goal is to get to the other side of the board as quickly as possible. But I say get rid of the board completely. There is no board. There is no end game. There is like genuinely getting to know another human who lights you up and who you feel yourself with and you can be yourself with and grow and learn and expand. And I think when that's your foundation for what it is that you're stepping into, But then also showing up for yourself in those ways and knowing that no one is ever going to fulfill you that way um, fully. It's also your responsibility. Then that takes the pressure off of someone else suddenly having to be your end-all be-all. You still are learning things for yourself, doing things for yourself. But I think the foundation of vulnerability and growing and learning together, that is what true conscious relationships look like. Mm, I love that. How do you suggest approaching dating apps then? If you, and I don't want to, this is probably just a story, (laughs) but if you're scrolling and like a lot of the guys just seem like the like regular Mm. pick of guys, how do you start to show up differently even on like dating apps so that you get a different experience or a different man? That's really interesting. I'm not sure I'm the one, I'm not on any. Oh, and I've never done that. What is your intention for not being on them? I, well, I was in a relationship Mm -hmm. um, for the last three years. So I I think that was like the height of it before. Um, And I genuinely, I did do Tinder for a month, like gosh, six years ago or whenever. Same. Right? Yeah, it was terrible. I OD'd so hard. I was going on like, (laughs) oh yeah, I don't know, four dates a week. It was just like- This guy told me I reminded him of of Kim Kardashian when he- Really? So he sent me a text message the next morning after he broke, this is like the silliest dating story I have. We we went out on it. Okay, okay, so everyone has to learn. This is is where I came from before Corey. Oh my gosh. we went out on a date and it was like 6.30 on a Tuesday. And he's like, let's go over to the office, which is this bar in North Park, San Diego. Mm. And on the way over, he's like, I need to get a Red Bull because there's going to be dancing there. And I'm like, oh God, <laughs> what, am I, what am I getting into? <laughs> and he like chugs this Red Bull down. Oh we goodness. get to this office place. They're playing dubstep. It's like 7 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Wow. And he's like, let's dance. And I have this like tiny little purse, like the Lizzo purse, yeah, like a tiny little purse. And I didn't, I didn't have room for my phone in it. So he's like, oh, I'll hold your phone, puts it in his back pocket and then like does some weird dance move. It falls out. He shatters my iPhone and no. walks me home. And the next morning he texts me and says, I'm going to remove all of the chairs in your house so you don't have anywhere to sit. And 
so like sit on his face. Oh yeah. Oh, I was like, yeah, I know. What? I know. It took me. It took me a couple hours that day to figure out what he meant by that. So I didn't text huh. him back, and then he told me I reminded him of Kim Kardashian, and I'm so stuck up for not texting him back. And wow. I was like. I think I'm done with Tinder. Yeah. yeah. Yikesers. Yeah. Not about that. <laughs> Not about that. I just, gener- I just doesn't feel energetically in alignment for yeah. me. I think just personally, I, and it's also the energy that you put out, but like, you know, you go on, go for a sunset beach run, go like learn how to skateboard, like yeah. do things that- Okay. So let's talk about that then. <laughs> so, okay. Because I tell people all the time, I'm like, just go, go somewhere. Yeah. Like where you want to find your yeah. dude, go rock yeah. climbing or something. Yeah. There's going to be some buff dudes there that probably have great personalities <laughs> that are into, you know, into being outdoors and yeah. stuff. So with that being said, how do we work up the confidence to use our voice in those situations mm. where we're out and about and um, see someone that we potentially like have a spark with and want to, you know, spin that relationship. Mm, beautiful. So I think it definitely comes from, you know, when you just feel like you've spent a lot of time with yourself, you've, you're have you taking care of yourself, you're feeling super in alignment, you can go anywhere and you can talk to anyone because mm-hmm. it feels good for you. It's yeah. less about, I want to, I want to like bridge this gap with this person. It's more like, I'm an interesting, beautiful human, and this is an interesting, beautiful human as a simple connection. There is no, I think if you go into it of just like, wow, that was such a cool move. Like, can you teach me that? Yeah. It's 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 a simple human connection. Yeah. And and you go from there. I think you take out any kind of ego. You take out any kind of, you kind of have to go back to being a child. Yeah. Like you're learning something new. That's personally for me, I'm such an active human that the way that I always learn and I feel the most open is being outdoors and being active. Like, And then also, I can't tell you how many people I've met at like, I go work at like Intelligentsia or coffee mm-hmm. shops. And when you're doing something that you love or that brings you purpose, you're going to attract people that are also into doing the same kind of thing. So Sunset Beach Walks, coffee shops, rock climbing, um, I mean, you you go to bars and of course, like it's it's kind of like a circus. Like yeah. everyone is there to take someone home or win someone over whatever it may be. And there's too much pressure and it's just not yeah. a genuine connection. So yeah. I think personally, I mean, dating apps are great. People have definitely met their soulmates and have had beautiful relationships and marriages and all that beautiful thing, all those beautiful things. But I think if you allow yourself to step into the real world a little bit more, there is something to be said when you meet someone in the real world. Oh yeah. There's like a genuine, it's just some, there's an energetic connection and it doesn't feel as fleeting. It doesn't feel like, cause you're not, you're also not swiping a million times on other people. And you're you're invested and you're interested to see where things go. And that's it's a good thing that yeah. we don't have an exit strategy constantly. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like also with like the dating apps, I feel that there is this almost like paranoia there when you start dating someone and have maybe dated them a couple of times because then you're like, do they still like use the dating app? Totally. Like, oh, I can tell that they were just on Bumble a couple mm. hours ago or Yucky. something like that. And yeah. then you like get up all in your head and then yeah. you start the, the worthiness comes right. up. Yeah. I had a girlfriend who's, she does, she's, she's on the apps, which is like awesome. That works for her. But she was sharing with me. She was like, yeah, he was saying he was ethically non-monogamous. And I was like, what does that mean? It means that they're ethically upfront that they're not monogamous. Mm -hmm. I'm like, which is, which is fine. But that to me is, 
that's just a waste of, I just feel like it's a waste of energy. Yeah. And it's, I think it's because people are afraid to be truly intimate. Everyone's afraid of getting hurt. But yeah. if we're an entire generation of being afraid of getting hurt or having commitment issues, I think it's important for people to look at that and um, look at like where your parents came from, what kind of relationship you saw growing up, how that's affecting your commitment issues. Because it has nothing to do with this like woman sitting in in front of you. Mm -hmm. It has to do with unresolved feelings that you have yourself. So I just, I think it's, I know there's a big shift of people stepping into taking responsibility for stepping up and being brave. Like the most magical things happen when you step up and are brave and your life expands in proportion to your courage. Mm. And I think that's a beautiful way to step into getting to know someone. Yes. I love that so much. Will you just repeat that one line one more time? Your life expands in congruence with your courage. Yes. I love that. So be courageous. Yeah. Yeah. And show up for yourself. Show up fully for yourself. That is... There's no heavy lifting. It's like you step into loving and vibrating at your own frequency and the right people will be mirrored and attracted to you. Mm. So it's it's really internal work, but it's also it's also being authentically open for what it is that you truly desire yeah. and will show up for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just know that anytime that I've done the, the scary thing, whether it's in a relationship yeah. or in my career, the world has always responded to that and been like, fuck yes, she's trying. Yes. She's not playing small anymore. Yeah. And I know that when I got out of that abusive relationship and I was single, that was like the first time that I was like, I'm not even looking for love anymore. Like I just want to learn how to love myself. And I just Mm -hmm. noticed that simply by focusing my attention on myself, that's when like men started responding to me in different ways. That's when I started like actually like showing up and being like, "Mm, no, that's not okay. The way that you're treating me or like, I'm not into that. And it was so cool to see because then like months later I met Corey and with Corey, like the moment that we started dating, I was like slow burn Corey. Like literally he tried to kiss me and I tapped him on his chest (laughs) and I was like slow burn and walked away from him. I kissed him later that night, but. (laughs) That's all you needed. Like laying that foundation and your worth, that is like, gosh, that is candy for men for sure. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Knowing your worth, showing it, stepping up into it, that that's all you need to do, truly. Do you have exercises that you do on a daily basis to just like stay in this energy? Mm, I love that. So morning pages is a beautiful thing. So journaling in the morning, I think is really helpful to get your voice to have anything that maybe was sticking with you through your sleep or the day before you step into your thought process so that the only voice in your head is your own. Mm. Honestly, dancing by myself in front of the mirror to like Shakira, whatever it may be, um, I think is such a powerful expression of joy and femininity and vitality without having a partner there. Also masturbation and self-pleasure, like best thing you can do for yourself. It's great if you have a headache. It's great if you're feeling low energy. If you need to sleep or take a nap, (laughs) like if you're constipated, it's good for everything, honestly. And also it helps you, it helps you tap into that frequency within yourself. And it opens up that well of desire and you step into that womanly fire. Mm. It's beautiful. Mm. Like when else in our lives do we allow ourselves to really set ourselves on fire. Yeah. And that's the light that attracts our our twin flame or our mirrors or whatever it may be. Yeah. So 
One thing that I want to talk about with you is kind of not so much the honeymoon phase, but I think more so what's coming up now is like, as we're working through these things and we find that partner, I know that for me, I had done so much work on my own and met Corey. And then I started feeling some of my triggers come up. Mm. I started seeing some of my past programs come up. Like I was the type of Scorpio that Mm. we'd get in a fight and I would literally like sit in front of the door and not let him leave until we were like on a good note and on the same page. And throughout all of that, I was like, this is not the way to keep a man. I need to like, this is not healthy. (laughs) This is not healthy communication. Sure. So how do we stay... How do we not backslide as we're like growing once we get into that relationship? How do we, I don't want to say like keep a man, but like how do we simultaneously grow alongside someone even when those past triggers are coming up? Sure. You know, I think it's interesting. The first thing is to to take the pressure off of yourself of even backsliding. Mm-hmm. Like we, everything's cyclical. And oftentimes when we, are actually about to be closer than we've ever been before. It feels like we're farther than we've ever been. So we do need this kind of expand or this implosion before we have that expansion. I would say for that, you, when you're feeling moments of that, the best thing you can do is to give space and to step away because that is where your worth is is coming from and going to a place where you you can find peace within yourself and return with that sense of peace and ease and it not rely on the person the other person mm-hmm. so space really is your friend in those situations yeah. of, i feel like it's also a time of reflection too where you can course. like look at things without so much emotional reactivity there sure and like see it a little bit more clearer than like when you're in the moment yes Yes. And if you're able to say, look, this, I'm really upset about this right now. I'm going to go for a walk. Can we talk about it in a little bit? That it's... Because oftentimes that can freak people out if you just leave. Yeah. To lay that foundation. I'm coming back. I need time to think about this mm-hmm. myself. Um, sometimes you're really freaking pissed off or you're very confused and it's okay. Like you need time by yourself. That ultimately is respectful towards yourself, respectful towards your partner. And it shows, at least from a man's perspective, it shows that you you honor and know your worth and you're not interested in driving yourself crazy yeah. to try to figure something out. Yeah. You want to stay within your peace and stay within your voice. Mm. And also men respond best to rationality. Yeah. Um, emotions are beautiful. And when you're able to express them in... I mean, you can go and express like, that made me really angry. Um, But even saying things like, I'm angry is different than saying, I'm feeling upset about this. So you yourself aren't angry. You are feeling upset or triggered. Um, But rationality is your best friend and space is your best friend. Mm -hmm. So that's where you keep your your space, you keep your peace. Oh, hi. And you're able to you're able to show up fully for yourself. That's always yeah. what matters. It's yeah. like, how am I showing up in a way that that is honoring me? Totally. I mean, I had this experience with a girlfriend actually lately where when Corey and I were just going through a lot of our shit at the end of the year, mm. I reached out to her and um, her mom is a therapist and, so, and focuses on couples. Beautiful. And so I was like, hey, does your mom have any... Um, have any resources available or can she connect me with someone else? Because I grew up with her family, so I didn't want to work with her. And granted, she was going through her own stuff at the same time, but just never got the resources. And it was was frustrating for me. And I kind of retracted a little bit. Mm. And 
probably a month later, she reached out and she's like, hey, did like I haven't heard from you. Did I do something wrong? And I was like in the midst of planning for my Santa Barbara retreat. It was and moving at the same time. And I knew that like I couldn't give my energy to that. And so I texted her back and I was like, I'm not angry at you, but I am a little hurt based off of our last conversation. Um, this is this is what I'm hurt about. We can talk about this later this week though, because I don't have time to, and I don't have the capacity to talk about it right now. And it was this really like beautiful way to approach it where I wasn't just like being passive aggressive and just saying like, yeah, I'm hurt and then not giving her a reason why. So she would be reeling in her head for like the next couple of days. And so I like wanted, I I guess I wanted to share that because I think that it's really easy for us to get into a, oh, I need space because I'm angry right now and not actually like explain a little bit of why or where it's coming from. that's true vulnerability. Saying like, I'm feeling upset about this right now. I need some space to process this. Having a really hard week. Let's connect over the weekend. And that just, it takes any guesswork. It takes any fear, any... It just lays this foundation up. That's what intimacy is. That is what true like vulnerability is. And that's what you're working towards. So if you can... And it's just a muscle. Like we've never been taught to do that. Has Mm -mm. anyone in your life ever told Mm -mm. you to do that? The exact opposite. The exact opposite. (laughs) You ignore them or you yell at like... Passive aggressive. Totally. It comes out in different ways. So we've... It's like discovering a new muscle that we've never had before. And it just will take time. It takes self-control and discipline. But... Through that discipline, then comes flow, and there's there's no need to like there's no need to kind of like inflict more pain on yourself yeah. or on your partner. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I love it. Okay. Yay. So we've talked about so much. I want to <laughs> ask you, like, what is this book though? Okay. So the book is called "The Sexual Practices of Kudoshka," and it is incredible. I recommend it to everyone. Um, essentially, it is the it's an ancient Native American modality of sexuality, of orgasms, of different um, ways of connecting with people in sexual ways. It even goes into like the different biology of We're looking genitalia. at a drawing of a penis are, right now. It's pretty cool. <laughs> like there's, let's see, let's go to the fun page. So each different kind of penis, each different kind of vagina has a different energy, a different Ooh. scent, a different kind of orgasm. Um, and they have fun names like Elk Man or oh Pony God, Man or this. Bear Man. Yeah, it's it's super fascinating and super beautiful. <laughs> Ram Man, oh, okay. I get that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful to just understand like, I think penises are super beautiful and sacred. And I think as women, we're able to bring like such, we can bring such tenderness to something that I think men have been taught in our culture to just like use as like a battle ax. And there's Mm -hmm. actually need for like tenderness and like taking care of it and loving it just as we desire our own genitalia to be as revered and, and treated with such tenderness. So um, for example, summary of an elk man. Um, so it's Northeast, place of focus, relaxation, and design of energy. Um, temperament and demeanor, charismatic leaders, mysterious and magical transformers, kind-hearted, persuasive energy designers. So it's just, it goes into the energetic connections of sexuality and how how we all have, um, I'm a dear woman. <laughs> Does a man's penis is it consistent with his personality too? You know, it's kind of like astrology. Okay. Sometimes yeah. it's like, yes, this is spot on. Some yeah. characteristics 
absolutely. Other times, not as much. And oftentimes people are like a combination of a few different um, types of penises. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone needs to grab this book. (laughs) It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. It's even, it talks about the temperature or the timing, um, the taste of ejaculation, slightly tart, salty, whatever it may be. So I think it's super fascinating. I think it's something our culture, I mean, we, we were taught, we were given more instruction of how to drive a car than we were of how to have sex. Oh yeah. And then the only sex that we see is from porn, which isn't realistic at all. Totally. Totally. <laughs> so we really are kind of going into it blindly. Um, but it is a soup, it's a super ancient practice and there is so much support out there and information. Um, and it's just, it's really about reclaiming your sexual identity and knowing that it's it's beautiful and there's nothing tainted or taboo or wrong with the things that you desire. And the more that you tap into your sexual energy, the more you're tapping into your creative life force mm. and they're one and the same. Yeah, And it's interesting too, because I feel like sex is so marginalized. It's like you live your whole life with all this energy and then there's sex, like a totally different category, totally different energy. The way we go about it is so different than anything else we do in our lives. But once we realize there's no actual separation, like the way that you, the way you take a shower, the way you get dressed in the morning, the way you prepare a meal, that's all the same energy that you bring to mm-hmm. sex. There is no separation. There is this sacredness. So sex can be as sacred as it as making a meal or as unsacred as making a meal. It's whatever energy you bring to it. But the more you tap into that sacred energy, the deeper it transforms you. It is the most transformative energy. Mm, Yes. And I feel like the times when I'm having the most sex are like when I'm most successful too. Mm. Like I'm more creative. I'm more like lively and vibrant and- Courageous and outspoken and knowing what it is that you want. Like it is a massive energetic transformer. And that's so true. Same. It is- it's beautiful. It's a beautiful vessel. It's a beautiful portal. And that's where I think people can step into this space a little bit more Mm. and allow it to transform you and it not just live marginally as a separate part of your life or your identity. It's part of you at all times. Yes. I love that. So how do you work with clients? So we do kind of talk sessions like this. There are a lot of therapists that do touch therapy. That's not something that resonates with me. It's more about going back to... I primarily work with women. That's where I feel the most comfortable with. I feel like that's getting to the root of where a lot of sexual trauma or hangups are. And I think we also, because we're more emotionally tapped in at this at this moment in history, we're able to be vessels to share with our male counterparts how to heal parts of themselves as well. So it's a lot of intuitive healing as far as going back to places of trauma, the connection of like self pleasure and orgasm. And then also just helping them see that it's, it's a joyful experience. I think we forget that it's, it's joyful. Like it's a beautiful, fun experience. And I think we put way too much expectation and weight and like heavy darkness on it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You're fabulous. You're (laughs) You're amazing. So where can people find you and how can we support you? Wonderful. Um, So you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is Carly Cakes, or you can find me on my website, which is The Art of Living West. Um, There's more information on intuitive healing and sacred intimacy as well. And just know that you have all the answers inside of you. And we as healers are just here to remind you of the divinity that's inside you already. Yes. Amen. Yay. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for the most beautiful Thursday. I know. This is amazing. Yay. 